Welcome to another of the short Cood Street podcasts that we've been doing since the lockdown began forever ago. This is Gary Wolf, and today I'm delighted to be talking to World Fantasy Award-winning Tobias Buckel, who's, uh, who's uh, well, I should mention this also, uh, Toby, that your uh, Locus interview this month, which has only been out for a few days now, is really timely, even though you must have done it months ago. Yeah, no, I did it in November, so it, the, the resonances kind of caught me off guard. It sounds like I, you know, planned this, but I did not. It, it sounds like you just were interviewed this week, absolutely. Yeah, it just kind of shows that those things have been uh, present and in the background for a long time. Well, what's it been down like locking down in a small town in Ohio? Uh, it's been really interesting because in some ways it doesn't feel uh, so present. So a lot of people are are less serious about it, you know, both because, uh, you know, in, in sort of a small town in northwest Ohio, it's a much more conservative area. So yeah. they're getting their news from a different vector, um, but also <laughs> just because it, it, you know, even even among people who are not watching Fox News, it uh, seems sometimes kind of distant and far off because there's not a lot of um, stuff happening that you can kind of Velcro onto locally. Yeah. Uh, we had a we had an outbreak um, in one of the nursing homes, and you know that shows up in terms of obituaries of elderly people uh, in the local news, um, but also in a lot of small towns, rural towns in Ohio, there's no daily newspaper or anything like that. So it just kind of uh, puts that at a remove. And since it's a very car-oriented culture my town is fairly walkable but yeah you know it, it still makes you know when you have to drive 15 minutes to go to a big box retail store it kind of feels like that builds in a buffer and so a lot of uh, people have taken it uh, to varying degrees of um, believability that being said uh, it's been interesting uh, the town has really pulled together there's a Facebook group that has uh, well over a thousand people in it uh, that are all setting up mutual aid assistance and looking out for each other uh, so that's like a quarter of the entire town is on a facebook that, page that's just sort of impressive. yeah and a lot of people have done a lot of things uh to try and make sure that the community is safe and a lot of people are wearing masks i mean it's you know 60 40 but uh, yeah you know anything helps right and it cuts down on the chances of transmission so uh, it encourages me to see that even though i sometimes get a little bit hyper focused on the people who are not wearing masks and, and get frustrated um, seeing the fact that, you know, most people or at least half of everyone is still doing it, it means that it'll blunt, uh, yeah. you know, the impact of it and gives us a good chance. So that's exciting. Were there any uh, uh, marches uh, in the last couple of weeks there? Because I always wondered about how small towns handle this. And I know that something like 430 cities and towns had fairly major marches. Yeah, so that's another kind of fascinating thing, which is that it's a small town of 4,000, but we had 400 people march. That's uh, impressive. June 1st, yeah. So, I, you know, I've never seen our town listed in any of the, you know, lists of places that had marches. So it, uh, BuzzFeed, uh, one of the reporters there is actually putting together a list of all the small towns throughout United States that were holding rallies as well. Oh, really? We're seeing uh, this really big participation, really uh, unprecedented participation in uh, places like that. You know, places of five to ten thousand. Uh, we're seeing uh, people show up. Are you able to get any reading done during this uh, uh, 
weird time that we're in. I've I've been talking to a lot of people, and some people are just going back to favorite books from childhood, and other people want to finally tackle Proust or uh, or, or Ulysses or something like that. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting question. I, I don't I don't know how you found it, but at first uh, it was very challenging. Um, you know the sort of I was all over the map. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was I, I was flitting from one thing to another, reading short stories, things that didn't require much of an attention span. There was this moment, uh, you know, where I was like on a mission. One of the things I wanted to do was make sure we had a uh, drive-through testing facility mm-hmm. here in Bluffton, and I spent a lot of time just kind of working uh, the, the phones and trying to see what I could do to help with any efforts there and the local one of the local medical systems put in one. So that ended up working out really great. I just, you know, it was, I just wanted to do what I could. Yeah, sure. And uh, during that period, it was a really busy three weeks where I was like making sure that we had everything we needed in the house. Um, our, our fridge died. <laughs> so it was oh, like, great. you know, ordering a new fridge, ordering a, uh, you know, second bathroom facility, uh, ordering, you know, the stuff that I figured we'd need for, a three to four month hunker down and as well as kind of doing some community stuff as I could. Uh, So for the first month I was incredibly busy and I just, that's all I did. And in the second month, once I kind of got my bearings, I fell apart a bit. Mm. And I know that I was having a lot of trouble reading because I tried to watch kingdom on Netflix. It's this fantastic South Korean uh, zombie series. I don't know if you've seen it. I did. I loved it. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. And but, but I'm watching it with subtitles, and I realized uh, during the, the period in the second month where I'd come off of all that work was that I was actually so tired and drained that I was having trouble reading subtitles, you know, wow. of Kingdom. I had to actually, uh, I, I could only watch like one episode a, a day for quite a long time there. So that was kind of alarming because I, I really love to read. <laughs> um, so uh, I actually kind of uh, leaned into audiobooks really heavily over the last uh, over the last weeks um, because I have an uh, Audible subscription and, and right. uh, I listen for about an hour every night before I fall asleep. So I've been listening to some audiobooks and uh, as well as going back to some old favorites because yeah. it requires kind of less uh, kind of there's less of a hump to get through to kind of immerse yourself in in it. So that's. That's, I've been kind of doing a little bit of everything, and except for tackling the huge ones that I always plan to tackle, because I know I just don't have the bandwidth right now. Well, what about the? Uh, I, I always wondered. I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks, and I can't imagine listening to all of Lord of the Rings or uh, all ten volumes of Steve Erickson's novels or something like that. What What do you listen to? What's What's your favorite? What are a couple of your favorite audiobooks? There's a really good production of the Lord of the Rings on there. Really? Uh, the, uh, the, I forget which one, but I have one where the, the reader uh, is really well-versed with uh, a variety of accents, and he uses that uh-huh. to sort of uh, add some impact and layering to the story, which was that, like, uh, you know, um, the, uh, you know, the, the, there's a, a lower-class accent for, like, Samwise, and uh-huh. you have, you have, uh, you know, Frodo uh, has like a little more of a standard received pronunciation and Gandalf is even, you know, so you kind of, it just, uh, it, it's, it's really interesting because it, it uncovers some things that, uh, uh, 
you know intellectually about uh, Lord of the Rings in terms uh-huh. of like what what uh, Tolkien was was grabbing at in terms of the society around him, but hearing it in accent like that really drives it home and was really interesting. Um, so I, I I did I do I have been able to make it through Lord of the Rings on, on audiobook. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the the funny thing for me is I'm dyslexic and ADD, so uh, I think I mentioned this in the Locus interview. I have a very different style of book that I listen to compared to what I read quite often. Uh, so huh. I'll listen to something like the Aeneid because it's uh, supposed to be it's po- poetry. It's it's uh, you know rich with metaphor. Uh, and it and, it was so an forth. oral form to begin with. And it was meant to be oral, yeah, and. I will listen to probably what people would say is like, you know, quote unquote, more literary uh, things in audio. And then when I'm doing a, uh, a print book, um, I, I, I'm looking for stuff that is really fast paced and allows me to miss a paragraph or a sentence and not have it be detrimental to the understanding of the whole work. Because I read out of sequence. I read uh-huh. paragraphs out of sequence. I read sentences backwards. Um, and I read them all kind of overall very fast because I'm kind of uh, trying to accommodate the ability, my brain's inability to kind of like see the words for what they are. Um, so context matters to me a lot. And I need uh-huh. to be able to scan pretty fast and read and deduce from around it kind of what I just read and, and kind of fill in the gaps that way. Um, I don't know if it's the right way to read, but it just is the way I read. Well, it's a reasonable, I, I wonder if graphic novels are uh, helpful in that sense. Yeah. The problem with graphic novels for me was I didn't have access to them growing up and there was this ah. like, cost per pound factor well, that yeah. bedeviled me. I did not have a lot of money or resources growing up. So I'd go into a, a, a bookstore or a used bookstore. And if you could buy like a fat, space opera or a fat fantasy novel for five ninety nine or four ninety nine uh-huh. that you could just kill a spider with. Um, or you <laughs> could buy like a slim comic book that would take you ten minutes to read for a buck twenty five. You know, so I had like an hour of entertainment with four comic books for five to six dollars. Or I had like, you know, a whole day to two days of entertainment out of a big thick book. And so I just uh, you know, never gravitated much towards the comics when it you know, when I was in that kind of more resource yeah. poor uh, stage of my life. Well, do you um, have any comfort reading that you try to return to in stressful times, like when you're coming off of that very busy period of trying to organize? Was there something you just wanted to relax into? Actually, yeah, I, uh, I went back and I re-listened to um, Scott Lynch's uh, Gentleman Bastard series. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really adore those books. And... They are they really reward being listened to because uh, Scott really has um, a strong narrative voice in them and mm. it's actually works really well. And I actually use segments of it when I'm teaching sometime to show how the narrator is it, its own character, um, right. and how you can break uh, some of the conventions. You don't have to be third person really removed and invisible. You can actually get in there and kind of uh, orate uh, for the reader. And so those are some of. Uh, some of my favorite books uh, for, for uh, just slipping back into that. And so, yeah, I actually re-listened to the whole thing uh, for uh, uh, during the month because I just I really enjoy them. Well, what have you got coming out? I, you mentioned audiobooks, and I think you've got a new audio a story. Is it a novella? Uh, or? I will have a short book coming out at some point from Audible, but I, uh-huh. I don't know when that'll be. 
Um, ah. I'm actually still working on it. Um, I have some short stories coming up pretty soon, and I have a number of books that are out on submission. So I'm kind of in like a, a slow or quiet period in terms of like big novels, but they're, they're, they've been written and they're, they're floating around out there. And uh, I have a lot of short stories coming out this year. So um, there's going to be the ones I can announce are okay. uh, short story will be out in the Escape uh, Pod anthology that's coming out. Okay. Um, and there is a short story coming out in, but I, I actually have to just double check here because I want to make oh. sure I, I can, because uh, <laughs> I can't announce some of them, but it's, some of them I can. Um, yeah. And I have, uh, uh, yeah, so, so there's a short story coming out in Escape Pod Science Fiction Anthology. And right now uh, in Slate Magazine, I have a, a story called Scar Tissue, which is, uh, looking at uh they wanted me to address the theme of parenthood and yeah. in motherboard magazine which is at vice.com there's a short story uh that i had come out in march called zombie capitalism zombie capitalism sounds like another very timely uh <laughs> phrase anyway i'm not sure what it means well uh it actually ended up being super timely and uh-huh. very uncannily uh kind of freaked me out but i'd been reading a or actually, I, I I don't know if you saw about those like wild boars that that were menacing different neighborhoods. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. So there was this guy that that called into a, a call-up show that uh, about gun violence and, and uh-huh. was really upset because he was like, how you know how can I how can I protect my backyard when there are wild boars running through it you know gonna eat, that are risking eating my children. Uh-huh. And everyone kind of laughed it's like it was a crazy it sounded crazy and unhinged the phone call and became like this whole meme. But this uh, reporter for one of the podcasts out there went and dug up who this person was and interviewed them. And there's like this really legitimate issue with wild boars like running around uh, all throughout. And when he dug into it, he found that one of the problems was that uh the Department of Natural Resources kind of opened up what you could hunt them with. So, like, you can go out there with these big caliber guns, machine guns, oh, you can toss grenades at them because they just need to thin the herds desperately because they're they're destroying farmers' crops and they reproduce like bunnies. Okay, oh. and so they've been spreading out from uh, the southern border these these boars. And 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 one of the bigger problems is that when people post YouTube videos of them hunting them. Um, in the gun culture in the U.S., it, it, it ends up getting people attracted to the idea of hunting these boars who are sort of like um, of a certain kind of gun culture. And so what they've done is they've started grabbing these pigs, which are kind of an infestation, mm. and shipping them to other parts of the country. And then when they get loose, they start getting loose and becoming a problem and, and reproducing in really huge numbers faster than they can be culled. And so that instinct to, oh yeah, that looks like it funded me machine gun down a bunch of boars yeah. becomes kind of this like, um, you know, the, the demise of that, you know, sort of rural, um, not classic hunting, sportsman hunting, but this newer sort of machine gun hunting culture. That's, and so I wrote the story where I just thought, well, you know, if we had a zombie invasion, that that gun culture would probably be the ones that like captured zombies and released them <laughs> somewhere else because they have these survivalist fantasies of being able to run around and gun anything down. True, true. Um, and they'd probably just make it worse. And that story is in mother is on online on motherboard. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. 
Well, thanks so again. What I wasn't expecting was was for all of these for for that same impulse to lead to people protesting to, you know, be able to go back out there and and get sick from the virus. So it's yeah, exactly. been oddly timing. It is. Uh, we're we're past our time, but again, okay. uh, been talking uh, to Tobias Bacala and. Uh, the Coot Street Podcast. Uh, Join us again the next time, and thank you so much, Toby. Thank you for having me.